Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by my fellow WEIO Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists, Brian Brazell and Ben Smith. Howdy, folks. How's everyone doing this week? Fantastic. I had the opportunity to watch um, Beachella this weekend uh, on Sunday via somebody posted Beyonce's Coachella performance on Facebook. So I got to watch that and it was everything I needed and more. How are you, Ben? Good. Uh, So it is a rainy marathon Monday here in Boston, which cannot have been fun to run in. It was barely fun to commute in today. You are riding a high off of Beachella, which admittedly I am too. I watched the, the performance on like Sunday when it was not two in the morning. But I'm also just riding a high off of... I saw Rick Astley last night at the House of Blues. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, just That's like amazing. full... Yeah, just yeah. and this is the second time in two years just that I've unironically gone to see Rick Astley perform songs other than Never Gonna Give You Up. And was and was the crowd into it? Yes, the crowd was like very into it. Like like he is a... He, like he's a showman. He should be like doing consulting for other artists on like between song banter. Oh, really? I don't think that he would have... That he would have been as interesting a show to go to if he wasn't so polished between shows like he and if nothing else it feels like he understands exactly what level of fame he has that is very important yeah like he knows exactly why you were coming to his show uh and he's gonna get as many other songs as he can other than just together forever and never gonna give you up in the middle there uh and it's just great i was admittedly one of the younger members of the audience but it's great yeah that could be fun uh last year about this time i uh saw expose and taylor dane uh (laughs) on one bill it was Mm -hmm. it was an amazing show like we went to the point of no return and yeah i would love to go back so (laughs) how you doing mike doing all right uh yeah it was another quiet wintry weekend as weekends (laughs) in the middle of april are i guess uh downloaded the eurovision album uh on friday which was very exciting so i was listening to that pretty much nonstop uh anytime that i had earphones on so i have a little bit of backlog of podcasts at the moment but that's okay we wanted to kind of check in on like how the album drop went because it seemed to be a little weird this year or maybe it's always been like this and this is just no, the first year that th- we've noticed <laughs> this is no this is the first time because i watch this religiously to find out when the album comes out mm-hmm. um because i always buy both the regular and the karaoke album and mm-hmm. this year the album came out a week earlier like it came out they announced hey it came out and i checked the u.s itunes store and it wasn't there and some of the s- tracks were not available on spotify and then all of a sudden on friday oh hey it's now available in, in the u.s so I-, I don't know if there was a rights issue i don't know what they were doing or if- but it was definitely strange someone pressed the wrong button on the karaoke album and like the rest of it yeah who knows but i mean friday yeah. tends to be like universal like global at this point release day so it makes sense that it popped up on friday but why did we get it a week later yeah yeah, that was what was really strange about it because I knew that the the CD album, uh, if people still do <laughs> the CDs, coasters, the the dozen coasters, yeah. Oh, is that what CD stands for? Coasters yes. dozen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I knew that th- that was supposed to come out on April twentieth, so like this coming Friday. But like I know in the last couple of years, the uh, digital album would come out the week before. This time. Well, I guess that was what happened this time in the U.S., but the digital album, I think, came out in Europe two weeks before, which, I mean, I guess makes sense. Like, this is the Eurovision Song Contest, so Europe should get first dibs. But they also dropped the karaoke album at the same time, but it seemed 
it was kind of like a random drop, like speaking of Beyonce, where it's just like, oh, yep, we're just going to like plop it in, enjoy. And yep. yeah, like I didn't even know that the European version was going to drop. And I just happened yeah, to be checking it- Instagram and they're just like, hey, have you downloaded it yet? And it's just like, what are you talking about? And then like looking at the comments, a lot of people being like, um, it's not available here in like Canada, Mexico, China, like pretty much any non-European country. So yeah, it was just a really weird rollout, I thought. Well, I'm glad we were not the only ones left out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, yeah, it seemed like that came with no warning because usually we're on top of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, and and I think even the uh, U.S. coaster disc version uh, doesn't technically come out until uh, April 27th in the U.S. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah at least like at that. least according to Amazon. So now, well, now that you've had a chance to listen to it, I don't know if I, I know Mike. You did. I did. Mm-hmm. I think. Did you also, Ben, have a I chance did. to listen? Yeah, I've been. I've been playing it all weekend like the rest of you guys. The interesting thing is that like the pr- the CD version is always like the studio version, so there's going to be like slight differences from whatever live version we heard. Yeah, and and that it was really interesting to finally get that because we'd particularly some of the um some of the tracks I've been listening to on Spotify, they were very similar to sort of the national final productions. And so there were a few countries that have had some pretty noticeable changes. Um one I noticed right away was Hungary. Um, and Vizsla Nyar from AWS, they needed to trim their song a little bit. They were about 30 seconds over. And I was a little bit concerned because they're, they are the like metalcore song, right? Right. And I was very concerned that they were going to cut the best part, like the hardest of the metal part of the song. And they didn't. They trimmed down some of the re- repetition at the very beginning in the intro. And then in the, I think in the last chorus, maybe they basically just trimmed a little repetition and it, it, it sounds great. I love it. So did y'all notice any any big changes? The one that I noticed, probably because it was one of the first tracks I went to, but like the recorded version of Toy, uh, which we spoke effusively about like a couple weeks ago, like I, we've got sort of a, a picture of like what that actual version we're going to hear in Lisbon is going to sound like, I think, just because there's, the intro is different than the video. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like it, it goes right into sort of the musical part of it. And then like with Netta adding the sound effects to to the track right exactly there's kind there's of building a it track up. rather than just starting from nothing yeah I, and i think that's i don't think israel has changed anything else about that song i think it's just the first like what three four measures and then everything else sort of snaps right back into what we heard um on the official music video right yeah the major change that I've noticed, and it was the one that I was seeking out, was Czech Republic's, uh, since <laughs> that one need, needed to get a little cleaned up for uh, TV. And yeah, just some of the words that are taken out and mm-hmm. some very interesting substitutions uh, is, I don't know, it's fine. Like Czech, Czech Republic will be fine. But um, yeah, yeah. Bold, boldlerization is always a fun process, I think. So. That's, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Um, and Belarus also made some I think that that's the biggest change that I have seen so far that I've heard so far on the official album is Belarus has changed the first third or half of their song, the first verse and first chorus, I believe. It's now like a ballad. And then after the first chorus, I think it snaps back into the sort of dance version that were, well, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know what I would call that song. It, it, it jumps back into what we have heard previously. So I don't think that was a positive change. I think they were like, oh, we need to do something with the song. It's not ranking very well. The odds makers are not really giving it a chance. I don't think those changes were what they needed to do. But. No, I, I don't think that this was the, the, the. I don't think that this was the right way to tweak that song. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that Alexiev can really do anything to save 
that song forever. I, I don't I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think so. One one uh, that I did kind of notice uh, Albania. They did some tweaking because they had to they had to cut off. I think it was at least a minute or like something minute, like it was, it was a pretty minute, long 20, track. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. And yeah, if you uh, have watched the official music video, like that's also the, the, the same track in play. But in one of my many listenings over the weekend, I was listening to it on shuffle and it was toy. And then that was followed by Albania. And I was just like, Oh, that's a really nice transition. It's a shame that Albania got its assignment <laughs> in the running order. I think this would have been a much better combination yeah. of the two so running order matters folks it, <laughs> it was a really it nice really flow um, yep. yeah we will have links to where you can acquire uh, the digital versions through your preferred music carrier uh in the show notes and then uh one other eurovision music thing that happened over the weekend was eurovision in concert big eurovision event uh that happens in amsterdam i believe this year is the 10th year that they've held the event and 32 of the uh, competing acts this year performed uh, in Amsterdam over the weekend. So a lot of live performances. Uh, so you can kind of get a, a sample of what to expect in a couple of weeks in Lisbon. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, like that one's always good because if you've somehow missed the other like two or three parties that happen now, which, you know, those ones get get like varying numbers of artists. Although this year it seemed like a, a lot of the parties are just a thing to do now. But like mm-hmm. Eurovision in concert has been just like a a go to where you can start to see oh this person is not great live I'm looking forward to watching that just again to get like a little bit of a sneak peek and start to kind of refine who I think is going to get through and who I think isn't yeah and you can also get a sense of who the audiences are like really in favor of like there are uh, recordings and a lot of the uh, European based blogs uh, have their own video recording and I believe Eurovision in concert also takes their own video that they'll uh, post on YouTube. And you can just sort of see which artists, like the audience, is like singing along with, and it's like fully engaged, and and which song everybody is checking their phone during, yeah, or just talking over, and it's just like, oh, is the person singing going to tell the audience to shush? Like it, it can get kind of uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> Things to look forward to, I guess. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it can't get any worse than that. Um, was that Hungary a couple of years ago in the like pool in the retirement home or whatever? Yeah, was? yeah, that, when that it was, was Pioneer and. Uh, Freddie was performing Freddy, yeah. at some Hungarian bath and it's literally just like dozens and dozens of people you can just see their shoulders and heads bobbing above the water and he's just singing on the on the pool side it was yeah it was yeah it, it, it was it was not the strongest promotional tool although he made it to the final so he did. He um, did. yeah I, I still do not understand a word he is saying in that song but <laughs> Yeah, he hosted this year's selection process, so I, I assume things are going well for him. Yes. Yes. Congratulations, Freddie. Good job, Freddie. Good job. Learn to enunciate. All right. Uh, so <laughs> it's time to dive into the second semifinal. Uh, we have gone through the first semifinal and uh, have made our opinions known, and now we get to do the same thing again for the the first half of the second semi, and then we'll cover the second half in next week's episode. Find your mission, a mission to pursue. You know you got a talent, whatever it may be. So work your magic and sing along with me. Sing, 
fun fact, the first entry to perform in the second semifinal, it's going to be Norway, that will be the 1500th Eurovision entry, which seems like a lot of Eurovision entries. Yeah. It seems like more than 60 whatever years will can can you know will have supported. But yeah, so Norway gets to perform first. This is Alexander Reback. This is a former winner from 2009 with Fairy Tale. It, it when you know when he won in 2009, it was the he, he scored a record number of points. That was before they switched the voting to be split between juries and televotes. So that record was very easily eclipsed in 2016. I guess was the first time they made that change. Anyway. Yes. So Norway, Alexander Reback, he is singing That's How You Write a Song. I am very excited about this song, both as a song and as an opener. I think this is the perfect placing for this song because it's super catchy. I, I played this song for my colleague who I think I've, I've mentioned him before on the podcast, My this guy I work with, Andrew. He will totally, anytime I'm like, hey, do you want to hear this Eurovision thing? He's like, well, you're going to play it no matter what I say. So yes, yeah, sure, I'll listen to it. And I played this for him and he was like, oh, that's actually a really good catchy song. This song is exactly the right amount of silly. This is the kind of song that is everything good about Eurovision. Like this is like the purest form of Eurovision for me. It's like pure sugar. <laughs> this is, it. I, and I feel kind of bad because like Croatia filled the same spot for me last year and I totally trashed Croatia and then they got on stage and I was like, oh, I see why this song works. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Um, so I am really excited about the song. I don't think it'll have any problem going through. I know that we have some mixed opinions among the crew about this. What do you think, Ben? What do you think about this song? So I'm going to agree with you that this is a great opener. You know, this feels very Eurovision. But I mean, I think of it as an opener as in it should just be opening the show. There should be special guest star Alexander Rybach. But since he is their entry, I mean, it's, it's well, and as soon as I think Mike pointed out that this was going to be the 1500th entry, whatever, open up, I'm like, I think, Mike, you had sort of pinned Norway for this. I'm like, yeah, they're going to do it with the former winner uh, if they had that chance. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I have this one in my in sort of my bubble section of it going through, and I see it largely getting through kind of coasting on Alexander Ryback just being back and being beloved and having once had a Eurovision record with his point totals. I don't know. Like, this song is, is it, I don't know. It's, it's silly, but like on the wrong side of silly for me. I... I don't know. Like I just—that's not how you write a song at all. It there come are, on, there it are totally steps. Is. That, uh, there are. We live in a society. Yeah. <laughs> I want my money back for this seminar. <laughs> <laughs> I paid seven hundred dollars for this masterclass video series. Uh, aside from that, I mean, it's it's great. It's great. It's it feels like it's going to be a fun performance. And also, I just kind of want just based on having watched him in the national final, I just want to watch him make faces as the scoring happens. I don't, I don't know, Mike. I'm just going to pass this over to you because I keep running out of things to say on this one. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm going to start by saying, yes, this one will advance. But no, I will not be happy about it. <laughs> it's just... <sighs> my opinion from when we first talked about it after it was selected really hasn't changed all that much. Like, I'm still not interested in the return of the king narrative that... I mean, I guess that hasn't really been pushed at this point because I don't think I don't think anybody is expecting this song to win. I think it does work well as an opener, and I think there's a lot of reasons why this one was put in the first position. One, like that's how you write a song, is like regardless of who is singing it. Like if you have a song with that sort of title, the start of a semifinal seems to be a good place for that. But then it also gets into like okay. If this is going to be the 1500th entry, there are only nine choices of which country would would get that distinction. It can't be Australia because like 
they're not Europe. <laughs> and like, yeah, that would, that would just be weird. Romania, they haven't won yet. Uh, San Marino, uh, that would be, that would be um, mean. No, just <laughs> yeah. The, no, yeah. Just there, no. there would be riots in the street. I would think, um, very fabulous riots because this is Eurovision, but yeah, there would be riots. Denmark, like their song, I don't think really matches with the fifteen hundredth vibe. Serbia would all like kind of is also exactly. So just kind of looking yeah. at looking over this. Okay, so these are the these are the nine countries that were drawn for this half of the semifinal. Which one is a good one to open the show? Yeah, I mean, it's just like it was. It was pretty much in my mind. It was between Norway and Russia, and uh, like Russia also has the distinction of being one of five countries that have a perfect record. We will get into that later. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like there, there's a whole bunch of baggage with Russia getting in that spot. But anyway, yeah, this is just me avoiding talking about the actual song in question here, which is just like, it's fine. It's very Eurovision-y. It's just not anything I'm interested in, but it'll advance. I, I've come to terms with that. This is a this is going to be a recurring theme in the semifinal where it's just like 10 songs are going to advance. Got to fill those spots. <laughs> just, so just the, the recurring theme of semifinal two. Okay, sure, I guess. I want to position this song. I want to, like, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, and I swear I'm not. I'm actually being serious right now. I I want to position this song as sort of the antidote to last year's winners. Uh, I can't even remember his name now. Oh, Salvador Sobral. Thank you, Salvador Sobral. <laughs> when he gave his talk afterwards and was like, we need to make music that's important and serious. Like, pop music is disposable. We need to make less of that. Like, this song for me is actually the antithesis of that. This song is about the democratization of art. Y- you can write a song just by, like, writing some stuff down. Like, that's ultimately what the song is about. And so I actually really like that. That's one of the, actually one of the reasons I like the song is because it's silly and Alexander Reback like performs so hard y'all he mm-hmm. he he just some people make performing look easy he does not you can see every little bit of sweat that's coming out of him but yep, you know it, what he's up there on the stage he's working real hard and he he makes other people feel like they could do it right like when i watch beyonce i'm like i will never do that that is never gonna happen i look at alexander back i'm like oh i could go to eurovision hey like who mm-hmm. right like so I, I appreciate that about this song there is something very nice about a performer that makes it look effortful where you can see that they are working <laughs> and like I, I'm now on board with this. Oh wow, this is the antithesis to everything. So last year's winner said in his remarks, that I found kind of kind of pretentious. Yeah, it was super pretentious. Yeah, it's just like as a rebuttal. I I just I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't think Alexander Reebok is the correct. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's delivery the, I'm not mechanism. Sure it's the correct rebuttal, but I like it more when I think of it as a direct rebuttal to that. Because excuse me, sir, have you seen the Eurovision Song Contest? It is very frivolous and silly. <sighs> Yeah, it's just Reebok's just like a walking finger gun, and I just can't, <laughs> I just can't with that. So. I very much appreciate yeah. that description of it because yes, I'm rooting for this. I know people for whom this is their favorite song, and I can't really disagree. It's this is not my favorite song in the contest, but I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I've tried a million times to kiss. The emptiness And make her mine I should have stayed But I already left a thousand times 
So as a rebuttal to uh, last year, Eurovision entries should should be serious. They shouldn't be silly. So Romania's like, okay, cool. And they sent, they, they have given us The Humans, which is a great band name when you are trying to Google things. Uh, with, with the song Goodbye, which again, uh, Humans, Goodbye. Uh, real, real great for for googling more information on this band. <laughs> on the plus side, uh, I realized I didn't need to do a bunch of googling because I have a bunch of Eurovision compilations in my iTunes library. So I took a look at just to see, like, because I always think of Romania as being like this feels like very out of character for Romania. But in looking at the past entries I have on my computer, it's actually very in character for them. When they are not sending people doing crazy operatic voices or pianos that are on fire or operatic voices while the pianos are on fire. They are sending, like, very serious sort of rock-oriented songs. So a couple years ago, we had De La Capit, which was all about sort of the struggle of refugees. A few years before that, we had Moment of Silence, which was a little bit more on kind of the campier side in terms of performance. And actually, I think, wasn't that the one that where they didn't actually get to perform? Yes, which makes me very sad. Like, there has been sort of an equal mix for Romania, of uh, if they are not doing something on the the lighter side, like you're you're yodeling, uh, you're playing with fires, uh, they're doing something very uh, kind of serious. So it makes sense that you know they did they did. It seems like they have sort of two go tos, sort of like how when you snack, you need when you you have something salty and then you need something sweet. Romania did the sweet last year, so they're giving us salty, and that's how we have uh, the humans and goodbye and. This one is a grower on me, I will say. It's as far as kind of this adult contemporary rock thing. Like, it's a pretty good one. What do y'all think? Yeah, I, I think this is very radio friendly. I think that is a, a big thing that the song has going for it. My major concern right now is that it's just kind of forgettable. And I have big concerns. I was watching the music video again. And the drummer in the music video is playing nothing recognizable to the music. Like, it's not the same thing as what's happening in the music and normally that doesn't really bother me there was something about the way it was happening that like he was supposed to be like hitting toms or something and he was like hitting the symbol i'm like that's a really obvious thing i feel like i my point is that i have concerns about their ability to stage this properly because the music video was something that was like staged and probably recorded over several takes if they can't get that right, I, I, ooh, mm-hmm. how are things going to go on the Eurovision stage? Well, and like talking about the music video, one thing I, I spent the entirety of the music video trying to figure out is how many people are in this band. Because the music video, you have a couple performance setups, but you have one where there's like a bunch of background people just in like plain white masks. And like, if you guys want to do that on the Eurovision stage, you have like five or six people. So you might not be able to do that. So again, like I, I just spent like a good chunk of the video trying to figure out, okay, but how many people are actually in this band? What are they going to be able to do on the stage? You seem like you might have a more positive interpretation of this than we do, Mike. Yeah, this is one that has been growing on me since the last time that we discussed it. I think you've hit all of the major points where it is just like, yeah, it is a really nice radio-friendly adult contemporary number. And I mean, the staging part, I think is going to be a challenge, at least according to their official photo, there are six people in the group. So there may be people pulling double duty with the white masks. And I'm not as concerned about the instrumentation thing like that. That is something that can easily be worked around. And it's not like the instruments are actually a part of the performance. Like they're, they're not going to be mic'd instruments or anything like that. And um, like the camera work, like if the drummer is just drumming at a completely different time signature than the song. Like as long as it's not distracting the band members, like the cameraman doesn't have to focus on, on the, on the drum. They can work around that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I am concerned that it's in the two spot, just because mm-hmm. that is traditionally a very difficult spot to qualify out of. And Romania is one of the five countries that has a perfect record up to this point. And a lot of people think it could be at risk this year. But again, their 2015 entry was also like of this style and not, it, it didn't seem like it would be popular enough. And that, like, it was the same sort of discussion of, oh, is, is the streak going to break? But then you have the Romanian diaspora, and do not doubt the power of the Romanian diaspora. So um, I have it as number 10 right now. So yeah, I, I think it is definitely on the bubble, but I think it's probably going to get through unless the mask performance really does not translate well on TV. Yeah, the like odds the- makers have it sitting at 11th, by the way. So mm. they're, they're pretty much in agreement with you that it's right on the bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this one is definitely like this one is a little bit lower for me right now. Like my initial assessment, it sort of just popped out of there at 14. But yeah, like this, like don't doubt the power of, of the Romanian diaspora. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see with this one because it really depends on the staging here because admittedly, there's not a whole, well, I was about to say there's not a whole lot of kind of rocky entries this year, but but we'll see. Yeah, they've all kind of coalesced into this semifinal. Yeah, they have, which is not, which is which not which is not great in their favor. All right, so Serbia, they are trying to bounce back from not qualifying last year and kind of a surprise. Like I I thought that their entry last year was a potential song of the summer type song and yeah, they missed qualifying. This year they are sending Sanja Ilic and Balkanika with the song Nova Dessa. This one is an interesting one for, for me. So Serbia has had mixed results with various types of songs, like songs that are like of like Serbian tradition tend to do well, but they've had a couple missteps there. They've also tried to be kind of not necessarily current, but current ish, at least with like dance style or electronic beats, that sort of thing. They've had mixed results. Like last year is a great example of that. So this year's song is kind of mixing the two traditions. And I'm still kind of processing like, how effective it's going to be because the sort of traditional Serbian vocal style takes up the first minute of the three minute song before it gets into something that's a little bit more current and recognizable. And that happens for like 30 seconds. And then it's another minute of kind of more traditional Serbian vocals. And then another 30 seconds of something more modern. And then that's three minutes. Time's up. I think it works structurally it works as a eurovision entry i have no idea how it's going to translate i like this song i have this on the bubble i i feel like it could be anywhere from 18th to fifth place i don't know or ryan what do you think of this one i agree completely i i like this song this is a song that i get a lot of enjoyment out of and every time it comes on i'm like oh yeah this song i've got it in the 12th spot because it's just that that first 60 seconds you're absolutely right i just um 
That said, it does uh, <laughs> it does have an old guy with a flute, mm-hmm. and he's adorable. And I just I feel like that might be a point in their favor. I I I hope that this song does well. I like it. It will be on my shuffle. Like it's one that I already play pretty routinely that I will continue to. Yeah, I just don't with this particular semifinal. I don't necessarily see how this one gets into the top 10 unless I'm just really, really wrong about some other stuff, which is completely possible. Ben, what do you think? I like the the Eurovision entries that I tend to really, really like the ones that sort of pull from both kind of traditional music and and also what's going on in pop. Uh, And in this case, like Serbia, as you mentioned, Mike, in the past, sometimes they do very, very Serbian things and they sometimes get through. Sometimes they do very pop things and they kind of get through. Feels like this year they're like, okay, so some if we do part if we do part of both, maybe it'll definitely qualify. And I'm not sure that that's gonna necessarily work because like I there are parts of the song I like, but there are also parts of the song like what is happening. I feel like just trying to think of this in terms of a live context. When I've looked at videos either of like the the national performance of this or other live performances, it's been just like the th- the three main singers and like the guy with the flute. But other mm-hmm. than that, there's not a whole lot else going on. It's not a very pyrotechnic performance. Yeah. But it feels like it should be. But it be. feels like it should be. It feels like yeah. you should have like something going on to kind of like, because the, the music is nice, but it needs just a little bit of oomph behind it. And I'm not sure that they, they're currently getting that queued up visually. It's like this is trying to be like peanut butter and chocolate, but it could just as easily be like peanut butter and tuna fish. So it's like... Ew. Yeah, well, I mean... That... <laughs> no, I get, Look, I get what you're saying. But, yeah, I mean, this this could be something that would sort of test my hypothesis of being able to perform simultaneously for the live audience and the television audience. And if the live audience responds well to this performance, I think that's going to be what boosts this into qualifying for the final but if it's just the TV audience and like there's just this kind of disconnect with the people in the room, then I don't think it's going to get through. I could see the juries pulling this through as well. Mm, yeah, this mm. could, this, the juries could really appreciate like the musicianship behind the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, in fact, if this gets through, I think that will be what does it. I think it'll be the juries. Interesting. Okay. Well, good luck, Serbia. Yeah, I truly wish you luck, Serbia. Best yeah. of luck to you. Shall we talk about San Marino? We we have to. Do we? Do we? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. It's okay. No, it's okay. So San Marino is not sending Valentina this year. She has gone four years out of the last five or six or something like that. She has done her time. She has done her time. She is tied currently for the most appearances at Eurovision. So we love you, Valentina. Instead, they are sending Jessica featuring Jennifer Brenning. Yes, but she goes by Jenny B. And their name of their song is Who We Are. Um, if you remember, they were picked through this one in 360 process where people were encouraged to send in entries from all around the world. People could put money on or try to support 
different entries uh, mike you did did you end up doing that mike <laughs> no and i'm glad i didn't because yeah. <laughs> the list of no because the list of funders got uh leaked accidentally <laughs> oops, <laughs> oops. Uh, well you dodged a bullet our there. luxury yeah. timeshare no yeah so i don't just to be real honest i don't really have a lot of really positive things to say about the song i the, looking at sort of our rankings the three of us are sort of unanimously giving us the thumbs down there there are a couple things i th- th- this the song does have some okay patchwork moments there are some moments of the song that i think actually really work musically the problem is that's because they stole them from other songs mm-hmm. um we've mentioned before that the sort of phrase into the chorus was like directly lifted from sweden's winner heroes by man zomerlo um, a few years ago and if you think about it imitation is the is the highest form of flattery yeah so it, there, there are some legitimate musical moments that work the rap is not the worst rap i've ever heard it just does it's not even that bad. I actually caught myself kind of like singing along with it when I was doing the dishes the other day and when was horrified with myself. I, I just... <laughs> this, is, this is one of those songs that it's gonna weasel its way into my head and not because it's that great. It, it's a song about bullying. I appreciate the message. It just is so heavy-handed on things. It starts out with like the first word in the song is bullied. So it, it just... There's nothing subtle about this. There's nothing nuanced about it. I hope the performance is better than the final performance in which they had two little creepy robots doing a little AI robot dance that I could not even watch more than 30 seconds of because it was just freaking me out. So I, I, I just truly do not see how this entry moves forward, even in this nightmare of a semifinal where there are just are not that many good songs. Ryan, I would like to disagree with you on a point. I think that, that? They, they absolutely need to have the robots. Like that, that makes the performance for me. It's like, is that it, it needs to be very obvious that San Marino had the budget for backup dancers or or buying a couple ibos and they went with the robots. I don't, I don't know that rap verse though, guys. It feels, it feels like Real Housewives caliber, possibly even like Thirty Rock in universe. Are, are you, are you seriously going to make me defend the Real Housewives? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Countess Luann would never do this. They should have gotten Countess Luan. <laughs> honestly, they honestly like get Countess Luan. I, I I've been a supporter of San Marino for a very long time. I want the and best for them. I what's so disappointing about this is I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, San Marino. Well, given what the makeup of this semifinal, like we thought that the second semifinal was going to be like an absolute bloodbath, just based on which countries were allocated to this semifinal. I mean, you've got Russia, you've got Sweden, you've got Australia, you've got all of these powerhouses, yep. and like as we've been saying with a lot of these entries just like yeah this isn't like the this is not a very strong semifinal like it, it's weird that it turned out that way but it's what happened and this could have been an opportunity for San Marino to finally make it back to the final and instead they're saddled with this incredibly dated incredibly heavy-handed just I don't want to call it a garbage song, but I just did. So there we go. There, there like we I go. mean, it's like there we go. Yeah, I mean, it's just like this is just. There's nothing engaging about this track, and it, it's it's just maddening to listen to, particularly like just how much it sounds like heroes. Like it's just mm-hmm. like okay, if you're going to 
I'm not advocating copying any previous entries, but don't copy one of the most popular recent winners of the contest so blatantly. It's just, uh, it's a total missed opportunity for San Marino. Here's the question. Does this song end up in dead last like San Marino did last year? That is a tough one. I was actually kind of hurt that San Marino was... In dead last last year because yeah that, that song I, I enjoyed that track it. and it, like yeah. also just kind of going into the data and stuff there was there was one week where it got more YouTube views than Sweden and the treadmills did which was baffling to me like that was a, that was a song that burned very bright very hot very briefly and like this one it, it just doesn't seem like there's any interest in it whatsoever and I just feel like in summation Tyra yelling at Tiffany dot gif yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were rooting for you, Samarino. We were all rooting for you. Yeah. Stop I'm... it. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I just relived that moment yep. recently. But <laughs> Samarino, I want to help you. I really want to help you. But I, I, I cannot help you if you cannot help yourself. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really sad for San Marino. I'm just very sad. Yeah, because I mean, this, this could have been such an awesome opportunity for them. Like the, the one in three sixty format was very interesting, and I think it was a very bold choice on their part. But from stem to stern, the execution of it was just bonkers. Yeah. And I mean, mostly for me, like I want these small countries to compete. I want them to be able to compete. I want them to compete sincerely. And I think San Marino has done that this year. I just I'm afraid that, you know, I mean, Turkey dropped out of the contest a few years ago for, I think, a bunch of reasons. Mm. Um, They weren't getting dead last. Right. But they were not happy with the results and with how voting itself was going. But I'm concerned that when small countries like San Marino just do so poorly multiple times in a row that that's going to encourage them not to compete. And that would be, I think, a very sad thing for Eurovision. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know that their delegation has been like really frustrated, particularly with the voting aspect, because they don't have an audience vote. The weird televoting thing with San Marino. Yeah, because it's, it's San Marino and I think Montenegro. It's, it's either Montenegro or uh, FYR Macedonia, where since their telephone networks are intertwined with other countries, they can't generate their own televote. So they have like a composite televote based on like similarly situated countries. It, it's it's a very weird, not in the spirit of democracy process <laughs> that um so like they they have a number of structural obstacles that they have to overcome along with the artistic obstacles that the contest presents. Yeah, um, like they already have the deck stacked against them and this does not help. No. Denmark, Denmark, Denmark. Uh, Denmark has had like kind of a rough few years where it feels like they've been like after winning the contest, they kind of got unmoored. Where it's like, mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay. I mean, the the year that they won, I thought that the entry that they submitted was was great. Sort of fulfilled the category of, okay, we won the contest. Here is a, an entry that proves that we deserve that. And then in the years since then, when they've had to qualify again, uh, they've just been like, okay, so boy bands maybe. And, and the world has resoundingly said, no, thank you. Having taken a few rough years in a row, they're like, okay, well, what worked last time? 
let's do that again. Or, or at least it seems like it feels like that to me. Like this feels very in line with only teardrops, but huh. not necessarily musically, but in just in terms of kind of like the scope of drama or whatever. I don't know. Like this, like admittedly, this song doesn't work for me or, or like it feels very bubbly to me. And it's on like the, the lower side of my bubble where I don't know. It's just something about the performance as a whole just feels very musical theater rather than oh, Eurovision. Yeah. Which is what makes it great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like the song. And I think I, I don't it doesn't fit the same headspace for me as only Teardrops did in terms of yeah, the music, the performance doesn't I mean I think the quality of it is around that same level. I one of the reasons I really like this is because it's dramatic. It it feels to me like this would be a song over a montage in a Disney musical where they're like gearing up to go do stuff right like I could hear this being in something like Mulan it, it sort of it fits the he- same headspace as like I'll make a man out of you for Mulan for me it's kind of dramatic it's about war it's about surrendering and like turning the other cheek and you know taking the higher ground and averting world war three by you know saying I will not fight you which seems kind of timely this is one of those that I feel like you have to just not pay too much attention to the lyrics, though, to really get into it, as many Eurovision songs, as is true of many Eurovision songs. So I, it builds well. It's got a powerful chorus. I listen to the song routinely. I love the karaoke version of it, so I love the actual music behind it. I think the song is a, a very easy qualifier. Yeah, so as we've mentioned, Eurovision is not a political contest. Drink. <laughs> and hey, this is a drinking anthem. It so uh, yeah, it, it just goes full circle, uh, which I enjoy. And yeah, also like like Romania, Rasmussen is about as SEO unfriendly as you can get uh, when trying to yeah. find Twitter handles and such. I think this is going to be a really fun performance. Yeah, at least judging by Denmark's national final, like it's not pyrotechnics, but there's probably going to be fake snow confetti type stuff and lots of wind machine. Like it, it's this is one that I'm most looking forward to seeing live okay i mean i i can see that although like just having watched the national final performance before the show like i want them to bump that up to 11 yes yes absolutely like i will i will begrudgingly accept it going through if they bump it up to 11 and make it an actual show I think it'd be cool if they did something like Turkey did a few years ago. Um, was it Love Me Back? Oh, where, yeah. Where they made a boat out of people? Yeah. And so yeah. all of the dancers had these long flowing capes that they turned into like a boat and they turned into like several different things. If they can, because there's a nautical theme for this song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they are able to do something creative like that, it doesn't necessarily need to be over the top flashy. It just needs to be clever. And I think if they are able to do that, this will go really, really well. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I'm not expecting this to win, but I'm I'm fully expecting this one to qualify. Like I think this is going to be a crowd pleaser and based on where it's sitting in the running order, I think it's going to get elevated. It definitely has the advantage of like fo- immediately following whatever San Marino is going to do. Denmark right now is sitting in 10987th spot with the odds makers. So they seem that pretty comp- right. It's actually tied with Moldova and Russia for 7th place. Hmm. So Interesting mix there. I would not yeah. have guessed that, but yep, that's what that's where we're sitting with Denmark. And everything I do is God believe it by the minute. Now that I'm in it, now that I'm in it.
All right, so Russia is gonna Russia with Yulia Semilova with her song, I Won't Break. Russia is one of the five countries that has a perfect record so far and is also one of the countries that may have that record put at risk this year. Ryan did just mention that Russia's sitting in the top 10 with the odds makers, but normally Russia would be a little bit higher. But last weekend was the Moscow Eurovision party. And Yulia was one of the performers there. And the performance was kind of a disaster. You could sort of tell from the video, and uh, we'll have it linked in the show notes, that she's kind of fiddling with her earpiece. So that suggests that there were probably some sound problems uh, at, at the venue that they were at. It looked like it was a shopping mall of some sort. Yeah, it was just off-key kind of caterwauling performance and it wasn't just her like her backing singers were like overpowering her and were off-key in kind of the same way which is why i think there was like a genuine sound problem happening yeah toward the end of the performance if you're able to get through to that point it did take me a couple of tries to get through like the entire performance video because it really was difficult to listen to she looked like she was ready to murder someone <laughs> so and it's it's unfortunate because like this was the first live performance of the song it's really kind of set the tone for russia's standing in the contest and like russia has also set the tone for russia uh yeah, in eurovision of, in general a lot of work so. the last couple of years of setting what their reputation is right now yeah yeah so yeah they're 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 always interesting to watch at eurovision but the song is fine like it, it's it's nothing special like it's just like a very basic pop song mm-hmm. i'm going to say I think if if like a legitimate performance of it can happen, which I I expect it will. Like Yulia's it, like she, it, this is not her first rodeo. Like she has done concerts and singing competitions and that sort of thing. Like I I don't I don't think this has just been like suddenly like the emperor has no clothes or anything like that. But if the performance is passable, I think Russia is going to be fine. If it's anything like the Moscow performance, though, yeah, Russia's streak will rightfully come to an end because that was just like not a good performance ben what do you think i would agree with you like i just based on watching that performance i think they need to they need to sort of work internally like figure out what they need to do to to push this through but like this song is like you said it's okay it's fine it's kind of generically inspirational which i mean is a go-to for eurovision I don't know. and I feel like all that we talked about the last time we talked about this song was like, well, at least they gave her a song this time, Mm -hmm. Uh, which good on them. But yeah, like I just can't get excited about this one. And I I don't know, like I have this one in my own rankings uh, as in number 11, like just missing, just missing uh, qualifying. And again, like I think if they have a rough performance, I think that that's that feels like very on point that even though there may be a lot of voters who are going to I don't know. Is there a Russian diaspora? I feel like there's a Russian diaspora. Oh, I mean, you have all of the former Soviet states. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which like how many of them are actually in this semifinal? Uh, Ukraine. Well, <laughs> Ukraine's probably Ukraine, not going yeah, to happen. Ukraine, yeah. Um, yeah, Ukraine has its own fun yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Georgia is probably not eager to Ooh, give yeah. points. Uh, Georgia, uh, who either, has so. actively had to be told multiple years, you can't send that entry because there are active lyrics in there that we can't allow. So yeah, like interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's Moldova. It's, it's, Moldova, it's Moldova and Latvia. And Latvia. Yeah. So it, yeah, I had I hadn't thought about that. Like all of Ooh. the potential people like giving homage to to mother russia are no longer there 
So yeah, they don't have Belarus. They don't have Azerbaijan. Like those, those, those are usually pretty reliable points for Russia. So yeah, so they don't necessarily have mm-hmm. like the go-to votes for them. Yeah, I have this one in my bottom three for the semifinal for all the reasons that both of you have have talked about. It's I, I just I don't see the song really coming back from that. I I, I think there were probably sound issues that made her sound terrible, but you got to be able to push through that to deal with that. I don't like this song. I don't. It's not that it's not good. It's or it's not that it's not okay. I think it's fine. It, but it just it doesn't bring anything. I am also very skeptical about what they're going to do with staging for this. Mm-hmm. I think no matter what they do, it is going to be below expectations um, because Russia has set themselves on such a has set a, such a high bar for themselves the past five years. So I I just I don't see the song going through. There's a lot that can happen between now and May twelfth. Um, but for right now, this one is very squarely for me out of the running. That's fair. Yeah, that's really fair. Like, I really, yeah. yeah, like, I'm not sure how they stage this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like pyrotechnics, no, like, wind machine, eh. Especially if it's like immediately following Denmark. Yeah. Like, it's just like, no, we, we, the wind machine <laughs> right, needs to take because, a breather. Because like, <laughs> Den- yeah, like, I feel like Denmark is definitely going to bring a show. And, and then right after Russia is Moldova. So I, the second half of this, or the second quarter of the semifinal, so the second half of the first half. It is a very strong, and Russia's kind of stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, I think this this is going to be interesting to watch, because yeah. on one hand, Russia is has kind of been a powerhouse. On the other hand, they're really shooting themselves in the foot this year. Yeah, and it, and like, you didn't... <laughs> nobody saw this coming, which is like, all, all the more surprising. Like, I'm just, like, I'm just making all of these connections right now. Be like, oh, yeah, they don't have a lot of their, like, <laughs> normal fan bases available. So... Yeah, this 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 will definitely be one to watch to like, see what, what happens. What is the opposite of the stars aligning? Right after Russia is Moldova, the Dorados with My Lucky Day. This is another sort of wedding themed song, um, very similar to in very similar thematically to last year's third place finish, um, third place finishing entry, which was great and hooked me from the very beginning. The song is interesting for me because I've I love Moldova. You all know I love Moldova. Mm-hmm. And this song just isn't doing it for me. And I can't figure out why. It has all of the pieces. It sounds Moldovan, right? It's got like a, the like trumpets and the brass and stuff that I really like. It has a lot of pieces that I would normally like, but for some reason, all of those pieces are not really coming together for me as strongly as they normally would. I still have this going through. I have this place ninth. I think it'll go through. I'm just not connecting with it on the same emotional it's not it's not grabbing me like last year's song when i listened to moldova immediately i was like this song is great i've listened to this song a lot and i'm just i'm just i'm not there i'm not there what do you think about this one mike this one is one that i also loved when i first heard it and it's it's been growing on me but i i agree that i think the problem is they are trying to recapture the magic from last year's entry so it doesn't necessarily feel as fresh 
or they're avoiding the possibility of exploring new territory, I guess. But yeah, like I feel the exact same way where like there are so many things in this I like. Like there's that brass part and like I generally like I I generally like the melody line here and like I just generally like Moldova's entries and I want them to do well. But I wonder how yeah, I wonder how much of my liking this entry is me just wanting Moldova to continue to do well based off of last year's because I loved last year's entry so much. I was so happy they got to third. And like this one is just not taking me to the same place. It kind of reminds me, particularly with the instrumentation of entries from like the 2010, 2011 area where it's like drawing on traditional, the folk traditions of a country, but then they're also wearing like the folk costumes. And it's kind of like going to like the historical festival in the town square type setup where it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel particularly current but it also doesn't feel particularly eurovisiony like it, it, it just doesn't feel like it's part of the ecosystem that it's trying to thrive in yeah. and i don't think that that's going to happen with this one like it just based on the staging that they did at uh, the national final and from uh, various other live performances where it's like the pillars of mirrors and um, just the really kind of fun choreography. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like they're going to have like a fun stage performance, but I agree like this. It feels like like this is what would happen if you went to the Moldova Pavilion at Epcot. Yes. Yes, that is a great way to put it. And that's great. But yeah, and like I think what it is for me is that last year's entry like had elements of of like what Moldova has done in their Eurovision entries, but also felt very current and very what was going on in music. And this one lacks a little bit of that. It feels a little bit more dated. Yeah, they don't have Epic Sax Man to uh, lean on <laughs> I mean, in, in uh, fair- for all of all of the gift potentials. Yeah. So. <laughs> in fairness, he can only do the Running Man while playing the saxophone for so long. But but yeah, like I again, like I like this entry, and it feels like they're going to be doing some fun stuff with the performance that will sort of help elevate it, which is which is good. You should do that. But, like, I don't think it's going to get to as high a position in the finals as last year's did. Yeah, I, I would be satisfied with it qualifying for the final. Same. Like, yeah, like, I, like I would like this I, yeah. one to qualify just because of the, the songs in this in this semifinal. It's, it's, I really like it. But, like, that would be enough for me I, with this year. Whereas, like, last year I actively was, like, super pumped. Moldova was third. It don't matter who you are when it's time to lock and load. Uh, so the Netherlands is sending Waylon this year, and like years and years ago, they sent the Common Linnets, who Waylon was a part of, and they did Gangbusters. Like they came in second, and it was—I don't know—like it felt like for a second, like had it not been like Conchita's year, it felt like I think it totally could have gone to to the Netherlands. And like country seems to be a good look for the Netherlands, which I don't entirely get. When they've qualified in the last few years, it has been with something that had sort of like a country tinge to it. So you have the Common Linnets, you have Dewey Bob. We had a nuke. Yeah, we had a nuke. With nu- birds. We had a nuke. I, uh, I, that one's, that one's, that one's kind of weird for me because like, I, I did not see that one going through, but there it was. Uh, and like when they, it, felt, it feels like when they've stumbled, it's been stuff that has sort of drifted away from that. So country seems to be a thing that works for the Netherlands. So even though this particular flavor of country is not really my bag, 
I could see it. I mean, and just purely from the idea that it it feels very different from what's going on in the rest of this semifinal and really the competition as a whole. Uh, that novelty could be great and could really work in its favor. Yeah, I mean, this this is. I wish more country music was like this. I like the song a lot. I I still love the song. It's top three for me in the semifinal. Um, I don't think it's going to come anywhere close to winning. I think there's just too many other songs that have more more of a broad appeal. But I love it. This is one of my favorite songs. I always listen to it. I always sing along. I love the karaoke version. This is what what good country could look like, right? Like it definitely pulls on some of that Garth Brooks 90s feel of kind of kind of campy country, right? But like this song, it grabbed me at the beginning. I laughed out loud in part because I was watching the music video where the audience looked very uncomfortable to be in a room while he was playing the song. I think they were not expecting this at all. This is one of those songs that I have just loved from the first time I heard it. It's got like a magic special something that very few other songs in this year's contest have for me. I'm so glad that we do not have our cameras on right now because I was making such a face at at this being what you want country to sound like. Because on the other hand, I've been listening to a lot of Casey Musgraves lately. And like for me, that is what modern country should be. Just to be clear, I said I want more country. Okay, to sound more like country. This. I don't. Like this. I, I, I don't want this to be the only okay. version of country. I mean, this sounds like a joke. Of, this sounds like you're making a joke of country music to me. Like this song in particular just sounds like it's making fun of country music. Like is if it were someone else, I might. I might agree with that, but this is Waylon. He has made his career on singing country music. He's not making fun of it. This is that sincerely cheesy thing that I was talking about so many episodes ago, right? That like you're trying to make something really good and it comes out a little cheesy, but it's still great. That's what that's squarely where the song fits for me in sort of Eurovision lore. Mike, I feel like you're going to have feelings about this song. I, I, I still can't with this one. <laughs> that's okay. Like, that's fair. Like, it, it's, yeah. Like, I think when we talked about it originally, I said it just has this Axl Rose, Bon Jovi hybrid vibe about it. I still hear it like I cannot shake that sound profile out of my head. And it's just something that I do not want. It does not take me to Paradise City. I, it, it is not wanted dead or alive. This is just not for me. That being said, I fully expect this to qualify. Even though I don't like what it is doing, it is doing it at a very high level, and it's doing it very well. So why should it be punished just because I can't stand it? So yeah, yeah like I, I think I have this ranked like 12, and like that, that's just more on, on the... It's on the bubble for me just because of like my own... I don't want to say taste because that sounds like super elitist, but no, no it's just it's... like it is not for me. Yeah. But like I... I it's doing what it's trying to do very well. So mm-hmm. yeah, it should, it should qualify based on that. Yeah. And it's, it's ranked fifth with the odds makers right now, which actually I'm shocked by. I thought it would be sort of the, and you know, six to 10 range, it, I mean, six, seven, eight. It's fifth range. with the odds makers, but like looking at current YouTube views as of like, whenever we pulled this, like it's 17th in those. So those feel like very disparate statistics to me. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why YouTube views aren't the perfect indicator of audience engagement, because I am guessing that there is a version that is on Wayland's YouTube page that probably has significantly more views. Like if you go back to 2016, Sergei Lazarev's video, I don't even think it was in the top five of like most viewed on the Eurovision channel, but I think he hit like 20 million views uh, before the contest on his own YouTube channel. So yeah, I'm sure the view count is fine. It's just our source for that information is not the ideal source.
right. So the last one we're talking about this week is Australia's entry from Jessica Malboy, uh, We Got Love. When we first talked about this, yeah, I was kind of like, eh, it's sort of in the Demi Lovato space. And like, I can sort of take it or leave it. And um, yeah, I was just kind of ambivalent about it. And then uh, we're doing the rankings for this. And I was doing the sort of comparison ranking uh, where you take the two options and pick choose your preference and you just go through each possible pairing in the, uh, the semifinal. So what is that like 18 times 17? What, what, whatever. It's, it's, it's a, lot a lot of comparisons. Of comparisons. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, de- definitely something to do like while watching golden girls reruns. What anyway? Yeah. Uh, going through, it was just like, all right, just picking my preferences. And when I got to Australia, it was just like, all right, well, yeah, Australia, Australia, Australia. And like, just went, all the way down the board and like with zero hesitation it's like oh i think i really like australia's song and then uh i saw uh jessica's performance at the london eurovision party and was just really impressed with like her crowd work and just how engaged the audience was and i thought it was a really good performance and then uh also watching uh her performance at the Eurovision in concert, which I thought was an improvement over uh, her London performance. So I am totally in the bag for this one. And I think she could be a genuine challenger to uh, Israel for winning this whole thing. Ben, what do you think? I'm so glad that you said that, Mike, because that was going to be like my thesis statement here too, is like you, I was doing comparisons of like two songs at a time i was watching a bunch of mystery science theater rather than golden girls but we each have our methods it's called science yeah, it's, no, it's no. Called science thank you um literally read a book i'm getting off track anyways but but yeah like this was another one where like i was like okay it's it's the it's the second semifinal sweden's gonna win it for me i got down to the the australia versus sweden. like no i kind of like australia's a little bit more and like that every single every single time it came up i was like yeah australia and, like, I, I can completely see this in a situation like we had, like, the first time, like, in 2016, where we had this new scoring method where I think Ukraine was, like, second in both uh, with the judges and with the televote, but that but that was mm-hmm. enough of a squeaker to, to get it to number one. Like, we, I could see that happening again, where enough, enough nations give Australia a number of points, even if a lot of 12s are going Israel's way, and this could still win. And to me, like, I, I don't know, like, I like Toy, I really like Toy, but, like, as... Just as, like, what won Eurovision, I kind of like Australia, I kind of like We Got Love a little bit more. I am really conflicted about this song. So a lot of what I just said about Moldova and how I want to like it, it I, I feel that even stronger about Australia. I, I want to like this song. I love Jessica Malboy. I, I just... I, if I had just gone with how I ranked things based on my like comparing two songs, this would not have been in qualifying for me. And I was like, no, that hmm. I know better. This is this is going to qualify. Like, I, I have no doubt of that. So I was like, OK, I have to redo this. What <laughs> there have to be some other songs I like this better than the problem isn't really even the song. It's the idea of the song. Right. Like this, like we got love. Like, I just don't have a lot of patience right now. I don't know that I have ever had a lot of patience for this kind of song, but like love is stronger than fire and like we got love so we're gonna be okay it's like that's not really how that works like (laughs) love can like sustain you through things but like it's not gonna like like without action the world's not uh, anyway sort of the whole love trumps hate thing. yes i and i just i just cannot with that right now and i think that that is just spoiling the song and the performance for me 
And so this is one of those songs that, like, I am not rooting for Australia to win. I'm not rooting for it to lose. I have another song that we'll talk about uh, in the next po- the next episode that I would like to win the whole contest. If if this song wins, I will not be sad. I will not be super excited. I'll be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, right? Uh, but, you know, and I'm saying that about this song. I've not super loved any of Australia's stuff. Like, I've recognized that it's good. I've recognized that, it, that it's catchy, but I just... I don't think there has been a song Australia has come out with that I have had sort of that instant emotional connection with, like I do for like um, Ukraine in 2016. I just immediately latched onto that song, um, you know, 1944. And some of the other songs from like Netherlands from this year's contest, I just don't have that for Australia. So I I don't have any doubt that it's going to qualify. I don't have any doubt that it's going to do really well. This is one of those that it's just not, if it comes on, I will not skip it and i but i'll probably be daydreaming while it's on i wish the best for jessica malboy if she wins i will be excited for her i personally will not have probably a, a strong emotional reaction to the song when itself winning so purely on a logistics level i feel like ever since australia has been an official part of the contest there's been kind of like okay what's the plan if this happens but it feels like they've always kind of just had like a hypothetical oh well we'll figure out the details when we get there and i really want them to have to figure out what that looks like I mean, we know that's going to not be in Australia, but I want them to have to like, I don't know, like just from a logistical standpoint, I'm very excited to see what would happen if that happened. Sure. I mean, I think they have precedent, right? That there have been other countries who have won and couldn't host for whatever reason. And I think in the past, it's been the UK who has stepped up to host, but that was, you know, multiple decades ago, if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah, I mean, my guess would be that it'd be whoever comes in second place then has, you know, the right of first refusal, basically. I would guess it'll be interesting to see how that actually works. So I, I don't, I, I don't mean to sound super cynical about Australia. It's just not one that I'm really connecting with all that strongly. So it'll do well. I recognize that it's just not going to be. I'm not going to spend much time voting for it, or, or, or I wouldn't if I could. For me, with Australia, I don't think with any of their entries, I had like an instant. Oh yeah, this is amazing. But it, like, they've all been like ones that have grown on me, and I think. Like with Guy Sebastian, it wasn't until his first, uh, like first seeing him performing in the rehearsals because they got an automatic buy their first year of uh, competing. We're just like, oh, I totally get this now. And it was the same with uh, Dami Eam in uh, 2016. Last year, I was more of like, I, I got on board with Australia earlier, but it, it still wasn't like an instant thing. It was just like, I think it was just one one Wednesday night where I was listen, uh, watching the YouTube videos. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really get this song. And like, I bought the t-shirt. It was awesome. But like, I've already <laughs> bought my Australia t-shirt for this year. So awesome. Yeah. It, it, I also am eager to see what happens if Australia does go all the way, particularly as it relates to their being like the big five. And it's just like, okay, does if if Australia's not able to host, does that mean the host country also gets an automatic buy? And like or is the final going to be twenty seven countries again? And like yeah. I mean, if it does end up being in the UK, I'm just gonna pitch this now, uh Melon Sue host. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think there's anything restricting them to hosting in the UK. They could they should just host wherever it is. I feel like can we just have like permanent hosts for the song contest named Mel and Sue? And I'll point out that uh, the odds makers have Australia winning the semifinal. Nice. I do not doubt that they will. They they, they are going to qualify. Yeah, like that that is not in question. Of of all the entries (laughs) we've discussed, like, like they feel like the clear go through. Yes. This has been like kind of a rough first half of a semi to discuss. Like we have just looking at our rankings, like we are we are all uni- unified in thinking that San Marino, oh dear. 
and then it also yeah. <laughs> it also just seems like Serbia. We are all kind of uh, kind of okay. This could go either way, but we seem kind of kind of down on that one. Similar to to Russia, although Russia Russia is one where I. I I really need to think about that one more. Yeah, I mean, I think part also part of our Russia rankings is just like it's just personal stuff. <laughs> yeah, like our own opinions of Russia, and it's just like mm, all right, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all of these rankings that we are basing on are just like personal preference, not necessarily predictions on what will happen. Like some of it, some of it, a lot. This is much more wishful thinking. Yeah, than, yeah, like this, uh, this than, first, like our actual science yeah, ones. First, so. Yeah, this first round of rankings is largely just us being like, well, if I was the entire voting audience, mm-hmm. what would go through mathematically one of these songs will be qualifying and we're pretty sure it's going to be australia it could be more of them but at least one of them will just mathematically there are 18 entries which means that everything from the second half of the semifinal could go through and they'd still have to pick one of these songs oh boy yeah this is going to be a rough semi to watch (laughs) i'm not looking super forward to this half of the semi yeah it how did this happen? Like, like the the the, the first semifinal the was just an embarrassment of riches, and this is really turning into an embarrassment. Maybe this is why it took so long for the actual lineup to come out. Just going over the first half of this, one, like, oh no, what happened? Thanks to look forward to next week. Uh, we are much more excited about that half of the semifinal. Looking forward to it. Yep, that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What Podcast is a production of WhatElseIsOn.tv. Our Eurovision News and Entertainment Research Division specialists are Ryan Brazell, Mike McComb, and Ben Smith. Follow our coverage of the 2018 Eurovision Song Contest at our website, EuroWhat.com. You can also catch us on social media at EuroWhat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the Euro What on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. While you add the subscription, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. We'll be back with more Eurovision updates next week.